It's Ethan Vaughn here with another episode of Hear the Spirit presented by Noel Game Day. Going to do a little bit of an instant reaction podcast after Florida State's disappointing loss to Louisville here today in Tallahassee. Just want to remind you that this podcast is available to be listened to on iTunes, SoundCloud, as well as the Google Play Store. Just want to dive into the things and kind of look at what went wrong for FSU today as they get out to a 2-4 and four start on the year and kind of slide from being number three in the country preseason to now being two and four and kind of the laughing stock of the country in terms of how much they've underperformed and how bad they look comparative to the talent that they're able to field on a week-to-week basis. So without further ado, just kind of want to talk about uh, what went wrong, I guess. And we'll start in the first half where the defense did a really good job of limiting Lamar Jackson uh, Louisville put up 14 first half points and FSU had 14 at the half as well, but seven of those points came, um, from the defense on a strip play by Kane Doe that was recovered and returned for a touchdown by Matthew Thomas. Uh, the defense played really well in the first half. I mean, I think that's what that kind of performance is what this defense is capable of doing and what this defense quite frankly should be doing on a consistent basis. Holding Lamar Jackson to 14 points and a half is a is a good good half of football for any, you know pretty much any team, and Florida State did that. Um, albeit they they did let him you know get, have a couple big plays, the touchdown throw that that was given up by Kyle Myers, who was wasn't in bad coverage on that play, just didn't he didn't do he didn't finish the play. On those plays, you're either taught to find the receiver's hands, knock the ball out of his hands, play his hands. He didn't do that. He didn't turn around for the ball either and didn't make a play on the ball. So he was there in coverage, pretty tight coverage. Lamar Jackson made a really good throw, but Kyle Myers just didn't finish the play, uh, which I, I guess, I mean, it happens. And, and like I said, holding Lamar Jackson in Louisville offense to 14 points and a half isn't something that should be you know taken lightly. On the flip side of that coin, Florida State's offense in the first half could not back up their defense and put points on the board, especially when the defense made had a couple back-to-back stops and the offense really should have put at least seven on the board in terms of you know backing up that defense making Louisville play from behind and kind of altering their game plan as much as possible in the first half I I think that was a real failure and I think it comes down to the play calling if you want to see last week and then this was widely talked about by everybody in the media coming into this game Boston College had a running back run for 272 yards on Louisville last week, and, and that was an average of, of seven yards per carry. And so I think everybody knew that the plan for Florida State, especially with a true freshman quarterback in James Blackman, was going to be to come in and, and pound the ball with Akers and Patrick, who have been really successful, kind of two-headed monster the last few weeks especially. Florida State did that on their first drive. They scored seven points. The next few drives that Florida State had, the remainder of the first half really, they didn't do that on a consistent basis. Um, Jimbo Fisher, not he didn't necessarily abandon the run, but he didn't ride it as heavily as he should have in the first half. And that led to FSU not being able to put points on the board on offense other than the seven points they scored on their first drive and really back up their defense. And, and, and that would have changed the game. If Florida State would have scored seven or, or you know seven, a touchdown or two touchdowns on offense and really made Louisville play from behind, that could have put Louisville in a situation and put the defense in a situation to a much more favorable situation going down the stretch where where Florida State would have had a lot better of a chance to win this game. 
I think everybody in you know around that follows the program kind of had a bad feeling about things going into halftime, knowing you were tied 14-14, but also knowing that there were so many opportunities and so many stops that the defense had gotten, which, which sometimes come very few and far between when you're playing a guy like Lamar Jackson that had been squandered by not being able to put points on the board. And I think that's what you saw today. You kind of you move into the second half today, um, and I guess it leads to a natural discussion just about James Blackman. James Backman played was again. It, it wasn't horrible, but the turnovers have got to got to stop. And, and, and I get I should rephrase that. They don't have to stop all the way. They're not going to stop all the way. He's a true freshman quarterback. Not even an EE. He's only been on campus for uh, like three months now. They're, the the turnovers are not going to be totally cut out, but they just can't come the the, the way they're coming. It's not that he's trying to fit balls into tight windows, and that's what's happening. It's it's they're being thrown straight to the DBs, and and they're bad decisions and miscommunications, and they're not. There's no upside on those on those throws that that are being interceptions. There's no upside for them being big plays or or anything. If if the break falls just a little bit, they're just bad turnovers, and. Um, that being said, Florida State did get kind of they, – they got more – when Florida State got desperate on offense, they got better on offense. And, and I think that, that naturally leads to a discussion about Jimbo Fisher and the way he's choosing to coach this team and kind of just run this team. The, the fact that Florida State is just on offense – so gun shy. The the fact that Jimbo will not go for a fourth and two from his you know from the the opposing team's thirty five yard line, which resulted in a missed field goal today. The lack of any sort of tempo. It's it's all very conducive to just stagnant offense and, and not making not making things work for a, a freshman quarterback. And we saw that today. Just the the conservative approach. To the end of the game. Now, I'm um, some people. Some I'm sure some people are thinking, well, well. I mean, I understand him being conservative, especially what happened at the end of the first half with Blackman throwing a pick and setting Louisville up for you know a, a field goal attempt, which they ended up missing. But the thing is, is that was such a horrible attempt at, at going for points, which was the right decision in that scenario. I stand by it. I would have stood by it if Louisville had made the field goal. But the way that that situation was handled. With Jacquez Patrick staying in bounds on first down, Florida State had two timeouts, not taking a timeout, them choosing to run the ball again on second down, not again not taking a timeout, and then deciding to chuck it deep, you know, to, to throw a long pass, a rifle pass with, with, with time running out. I mean, it made no sense. If you're going to choose to go for points there, which again is the right decision. Once Patrick stayed in bounds, you should take your timeout because not only Patrick got hurt on that play, so he had to come off. Akers subbed in, which the refs then had to stop play for a, you know, a couple ticks of the clock to allow Louisville to make any counter subs that they wanted to make. And and, and it just took way too much time. And, and quite frankly, that, that clock management didn't make any sense. It was like halfway in between trying to get three points and trying to run out the half. It didn't make any sense. It, it, it was like Jimbo 
knew that against an offense like Louisville's, he needed to go get points, but his inner self didn't want him to, and so it just turned to turned out to be just a really mediocre attempt and, and a horrible, you know, just way to try and go get points. And I, I'm not going to say that it, that necessarily is what caused the interception, but I certainly think that the kind of confusion and the lack of a clear plan in that situation uh, kind of confused the freshman quarterback and, and led to a decision that could have cost FSU. And then as you get into the second half, the defense coming out of the locker room was flat. And, and, and Lamar Jackson started to find the success that I guess most people expected him to have. In the third quarter, they gave back-to-back touchdowns where it looked beyond easy. I mean, they just drove down the field, scored touchdowns. The effort was horrible from a number of guys. I'm not going to call anybody out by name, but just getting off blocks on the perimeter and just in general looking like you're interested in tackling someone out of, you know, some people on Florida State's defense was just really bad on those two drives. And it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, yeah, I understand that your offense really hasn't had your back so far. They haven't been putting points on the board, but... Do you not have pride in, in, in attempting to go out there and shut down a guy like Lamar Jackson? Not even to mention that he put up 63 points on you last year, especially with a defense returning most of the players from the team that had 63 hung on them. I mean, there's just no, there was just no pride in, in those couple drives, and it, it was way too easy for Louisville. It didn't, it didn't take any time at all. It didn't take any effort at all. And, and I, I just... 28, holding, a de- holding this team, to Louisville team to 28 points isn't the worst thing ever, but it just stinks when you play well for the majority of the game, and then for a couple drives, you just make it so easy on them that they didn't even have to, you know, I guess exert that much effort or really put, pull any rabbits out of the hat. And, and so that made it just kind of frustrating from that point of view. And then going on to the fourth quarter, again, I, I will always maintain this, and, and you can – chalk it up to the defense running, I guess, a little bit more prevent or whatever. But Florida State's offense always seems to perform better when there's some sense of urgency that is put on to the team by the clock or some other type of influence because it never comes from the coaching staff. The coaching staff never runs up tempo or anything like that without having, without being forced to by the game situation. And it has to be a game situation where there is literally no other option or the other option will be chosen. And so what you saw was Florida State on back-to-back drives was able to march down, get two touchdowns, and tie the game. And James Blackman looked good. And then Florida State came in, and the defense gave Lamar Jackson a little bit of room. They moved down the field pretty well after Florida State had kind of had stopped them and scored those two touchdowns. They came down the field, and then Florida State's defense bucked up and made the play and, and, and made a big-time stop on a fourth down and put FSU in a position, put FSU and Jimbo Fisher's offense in a position to win the ballgame. Now, the offense looked good when they took the field and pushed it down in there, and they got in field goal range. And I really can't decipher how I feel about the call that ended up costing FSU the game in terms of running the, the, the zone read. It had already worked on that drive on a long run by Blackman. Actually, I don't think that was a zone read. I'm mistaken. But, but Blackman using Blackman's legs had already worked well on that drive and gotten a 
20, 25-yard run. And the zone read isn't an inherently super risky play. Yes, it's more risky than a design handoff because of the aspect of, you know, whether or not the the quarterback is going to pull the ball. I will say this, though. The zone read and the mesh has looked kind of rough for Florida State this year. And I think it's a little bit of Cam Akers. Cam Akers hasn't really figured out how to – he, he, he chomped down on that ball pretty hard, and I think that's kind of what, what caused that fumble. And so I don't, I don't know if I'm necessarily ready to condemn Jimbo on, on that play call. And I understand why you, you would not get super, super conservative and just say, let's run down the, you know, let's run the clock as much as possible um, and, and see if we can't kick a field goal here to win the game. Louisville still had two timeouts, two timeouts, I believe. So if they stop Florida State, they could still get the ball back with a decent amount of time after Florida State kicked the field goal, either made it or missed it. So I understand, and I know as a, as a, if I was coaching, I would have felt a lot better if you get a touchdown there and force Louisville to drive the length of the field and get a touchdown. Florida State did do that against Miami, though, and they let Miami drive down the field and score a touchdown. So... Uh, that that's something to contemplate there, but I, I just I don't know. It was just a super unfortunate play. The true freshman quarterback, a true freshman running back, they they messed up on the mesh, fumbled the ball. And here's the thing, I think push comes to shove, I, I guess you can't be super mad at the defense with the effort that they put forward today. Twenty eight points against against um. Louisville isn't bad against Lamar Jackson isn't bad. It's just or 28 points really until that last drive, up until that last drive. You can't totally blame them, especially when the fact that Florida State had three turnovers and they still held them to 31 points. I I, I thought it was Florida I think I predicted in the in the preview podcast 41-31 Louisville, so I thought they'd score more than they did. But the thing is is that when Florida State I guess they, they needed a stop on the possession prior, and they got one. And so it, it's so hard to just shift the onus onto the defense. But, again, I think you can in, in a certain sense because of the pattern that you've seen from Florida State's defense and not being able to come up big down the stretch. It... it it's become a pattern that has pervaded itself across year, uh, across across different seasons, different personnel, and and the one commonality since 2014 when it really started has been Charles Kelly as your defensive coordinator. He has got to be the single un, most unclutch defensive coordinator I have ever seen, and and it stinks because it, sometimes his his inability. To, to call these end-of-game situations and, and really manage them correctly and, and play defense correctly down the stretch really does kind of soil some pretty decent defensive performances uh, by his, his players and, and his staff. And it's, it's super disappointing because up until that point, if Florida State, if they'd held Lamar right there and went to overtime, I don't think you really could have blamed that, the defense at all. But it, 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 
it's just tough to really get behind it and, and say it's not your fault when it continues to happen over and over and over again. And not only that, it looks easy. When you saw that that defense take the field, it, it looked as if they were playing the way that the, their alignments in terms of playing off wide receivers and, and, and everything just looked easy. I don't, I don't know what it is, but... They had enough, Louisville had enough time and enough timeouts to dink and dunk down the field, and Florida State just let them have it. They didn't get any pressure on Lamar, and he just found wide open receiver after wide open receiver and eventually made some plays with his legs down the stretch, and that was it. And it looked easy, like I said, and that's just kind of unacceptable. You've got to make, that, you've got to make a team earn it at some point in time. And I think the biggest the biggest kind of indicator I have of that is is on the third and one play, Louisville took the snap from Florida State's what was it, forty four or no forty three yard line. It was third and one on that last drive. Florida State's defensive backs. It, that was a play that Lamar Jackson ended up having the big run off the left side um, on the zone read or on the uh, yeah on the zone read. Um, like Kane Doe was playing defensive end, let him get outside contain. Um, on that play, yes, Lamar Jackson ran and FSU lost contain. But on that play, Florida State's defensive backs, as all three of Louisville's wide receivers crossed the, the first down marker, they were going down to block. But as they crossed the first down marker, Florida State's nearest defensive back was Levanta Taylor. And he was five yards away from the first down marker as his wide receiver crossed the first down marker. Now, obviously, Lamar ran on this play, but if you wanted to, if he wanted to throw the ball, he could have thrown the ball to any single one of his wide receivers and got an easy third down conversion. Now, I guess I understand. I, I might understand this defense a whole lot more if you're trying to keep them from scoring a touchdown because you can let them have that first down. If you're not let them have it, you don't want them necessarily have it. But you don't want to get beat for a touchdown, so you you, you give that up, and and you kind of not you know let them have it in terms of not giving up a touchdown. But in a situation where they're right there on getting into the cusp of field goal range, you can't just give them free yardage, and, and that's exactly what Florida State was doing with that alignment. And you can say it's a moot point because of what conspired after you know inspired after that with. With Jackson running the ball, but if, like I said, if he'd have wanted to throw that ball and pull it and throw it to any one of his wide receivers, he could have thrown it to all three for a first down. And I just think that's that's ridiculous. And I, I just don't know. It, it, it everything's a mess right now. And, and kind of getting into that even further after the game, I'm sure most everybody has heard about this. I think it's got you know over a thousand retweets on Twitter right now, but. Somebody in Tallahassee, somebody was in that, you know, the end zone area said that Jimbo Fisher apparently got into an argument with a fan and basically not not cussed out a fan, but but called out a fan on his way in the locker room. A couple expletives, going to going to keep it PG here in case anybody else is, you know, listening with children or anything. But I, I'm sure you get the general idea. Um, it's just not a good look. 
I think that's a summation of where the program is right now. I don't think Jimbo Fisher is in control of his program in terms of getting the best out of his players, getting the best out of his coaches. And, and quite frankly, what he did in that situation is, is unacceptable. Uh, the fan didn't even apparently, you know, use expletives or, or, or come, at, uh, come at Jimbo in a super disrespectful way. Yeah, maybe it's not right to yell get new coaches. That's, you know, that is what it is. You're going to get that from fans when you're two and four. And ultimately, coaches, a, a guy who has paid $5 million to coach your university's team should is held to a higher standard than one single fan. And Jimbo stooped to that level, and it's just unacceptable. I... I I mean, there's just no reason for that. It's it's a sign of an unhealthy program. You know, the locker room's unhealthy. The coaching staff's unhealthy. The fan base is is it, it, the wheels are going to come off for the rest of this year in terms of attendance. Um, the team very easily could give up. I mean, I don't know if anybody has a lot of faith in this team going to a Boston College team that just beat Louisville and then today handled Virginia, who's quietly looked decent this year pretty well and I mean I I don't know if there's any confidence in this team to go up to Boston College where Florida State has struggled before with teams that were a lot better than this one and win on a short week so I'll leave you with that we'll get back into it and preview that game uh, and have that drop for you this Thursday if you like this podcast and want to see us continue uh, putting this out on a week to week basis which we enjoy we'd appreciate it if you give us a five-star rating on the podcast provider of your choice, they help us out a lot. Um, Without further ado, I'm going to sign off, and uh, we'll see you this upcoming week with our preview.